Hey everyone, how's everyone doing? Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we we did something a little crazy, our family. Uh, we took a minivan, filled it with rowdy, rumbunctious kids, and drove to Canada. 25 hours. And we spent some months there and we drove back. So I was thinking, what is the most dangerous thing someone could do while they're driving a van full of children? Text. 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 Huh? Who here says text? Changing a diaper. Wait, slow down. I said texting. Texting? texting? Okay, everyone thinks, well, getting an accent. Is texting very dangerous while driving? Crime. Texting is very dangerous. Is anyone here going to say that texting while driving is A-OK? Not not dangerous at all? Only on the freeway, it's fine. Freeway, it's fine, but otherwise... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's... I'm doing that every day. Okay, let's do that exercise here. So everyone here agrees that texting while driving... Texting while driving is dangerous. Is there anyone here that could say they have never texted while they drove? Oh, we got one. Okay, there is one. Not today. Not today. Okay. I was thinking, is there anything that's even more dangerous than texting while driving? Anything. Not looking at the road. Not looking at the road. What could possibly be more dangerous than drinking, texting? Your wife giving you directions. Huh? Your wife giving you directions. Or your wife giving you directions. Don't look at me, guys. Direct your anger and wrath at them. I was thinking, probably the most dangerous thing someone could do while driving is sleeping. Definitely. Now, now it's not so crazy because I drove overnight. I did 19 hours straight. And at some point, I was like, you know, I was very tired. And I was thinking, like, what would happen if I would fall asleep? What would happen? I probably can say, odds are you'll crash and you'll really hurt yourself. Hopefully, you know? No, you'd actually probably If you die, you'd probably die just straight up. No? If you're on the highway 75 miles an hour, you're driving, you'd crash? You'd crash, but you're asleep. Oh, you don't have an autopilot? If you're awake because you wouldn't be expecting it, you wouldn't be inside. But you'd probably die anyhow, right? Yeah, you might die. You should never cruise on 75 yeah. if you're sleeping only on 60. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they told me that nowadays they have these uh, these new new age cars uh, that they they wake you up if they know if you're sleeping. Like if your head nods, they they start shaking you awake and they, they you know they have loud blaring. So I was thinking like this: What if is it possible that we in the uh, proverbial vehicle of life that we're driving, is it possible that we're all sleeping at the wheel? Is that possible? <laughs> Let me tell you what I mean here. Maimonides, the Rambam, he tells us that during the month of Elul, that's the month that we're in right now, on the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, there's a mitzvah to hear the shofar. And the shofar is designed to wake us up. We're sleeping in life we're not, we're not paying attention to the road. We don't have in mind what's really important, what's really not important. Comes along the holiday season, comes along Rosh Hashanah, we take the shofar and we wake up. And I want to tell you guys something interesting. The shofar's sound, everybody who's heard of shofar, is that right? Everyone's heard of shofar, okay. There's something different about the sound of a shofar. It's not an ordinary sound. It's a spiritual sound. It's a sound that while your ears hear it, your soul hears it as well. 
I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but if you actually listen to the shofar, you can feel something stirring within you. You feel like your soul, which is asleep the whole year, and most of us are, where the soul is not really awake and conscious and vibrant and, and alert, and it wakes it up. And hopefully the, the goal of this, uh, of, of this exercise is to wake up our soul for the lessons of Rosh Hashanah. I want to tell you guys a story also before I tell you what the lesson of Rosh Hashanah is. In, uh, it was in 1945, okay? Not exactly the highlight of the past century for the Jewish people. And my grandfather was in a, uh, was in Sweden. He was in Sweden. And uh, he managed to get out of Poland before the war because he was German. And it's one of the worst, worst predicaments you could possibly be in. It's 1938. War is pending. And you're in Poland, which is right on the doorstep of Germany. You're a German citizen. And they say you have to leave Poland because of Hitler riling everyone up. You have to leave. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You go back to Germany? You can't stay in Poland? Where, where are you going to go? You, you can't get to the United States, right? The white paper. You can't get to the United States. Not the white paper. That's something else. But uh, very, very hard, uh, just like today. It's very hard for immigrants. <laughs> Separate story. So he, the day he had to, the, the week he had to leave, he got a letter. It says, we, we want to send you a visa. Come to Sweden. We need some Jewish educators in Sweden. He's in Sweden for the whole war. In 1945, Rosh Hashanah, he said this was his most meaningful Rosh Hashanah. You know what he did in Rosh Hashanah? There was, there was trains of, of, of uh, camp survivors that they brought them uh, to Sweden. Thousands and thousands of deathly ill Jews who had spent the entire past previous couple of years in, uh, in, in the war, in the camps, they brought them in Sweden. So there was a whole hospital, hospital after hospital full of Jews. So my grandfather said he, he, didn't, he didn't pray that year. He didn't pray. He took the chauffeur and went from room to room. And he blew chauffeur for all the people. He went to the room, blew the chauffeur, next room. Room the whole day. That's what he did. And he said the next day, when he came back, many of the people that he blew the chauffeur for, they already passed away. That, that was his most meaningful Rosh Hashanah. That, that, that was a peak. He didn't have a minion. He didn't have a minion. He didn't have a synagogue. Nothing. It just stirring up the souls of, 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 of the Jewish people on their deathbed. That's what the chauffeur is. The chauffeur has the power to awaken us. Now, it's possible we don't want to be awakened. It's possible, like, you know, when you, you wake up and you're tired and you don't want to, you don't want to face life? Imagine that on, on a global scale. Life is terrifying. Right? If your soul was awake and alert and in control of your destiny, you'd freak out. You know why? Because everything we're doing today, everything we do with our lives, we're wasting it. Right? We have an eternal soul that's going to last forever. No matter what you do, no matter how healthy you are, no matter how much omega-3 acids you consume, we're all going to die. All of us. Every, look around the room. Everyone here, at one point's body will stop working. But your soul lives forever. But we're sleeping because we don't realize that. We don't realize that we have to prioritize the values and the agenda of our soul. We don't realize that. We're sleeping. Can you imagine? We have an opportunity on one hand to tend to our existence for all eternity. Every mitzvah you do, every single mitzvah that you do, lasts a cruise to your soul for eternity. And yet, we seem to ignore the mitzvahs. 
Right? It's it's not so important. Why? Because either we could, you know, we could go have some more fun, waste some time watching some TV, right? You know, let let's go out, hang out. You know, and, and that's that's the human condition. The soul is asleep. Rosh Hashanah is the time, the season, to have this introspection, to have this. And I know this is not comfortable. I, I, I don't know if I know what I'm saying. This is not fun to hear. Right? If, if you're uncomfortable, that's good. That's exactly what this is designed to be. Because it's not fun to hear that you have this other existence within you that's so important and that you're ignoring. It's not fun to hear. No one wants to hear that their life, that they're investing so much in it, is really going to disappear after 60, 70, 80, 150 years. But we all know it's true. Is there anyone here that thinks that they're going to live forever? Is there anyone here that thinks they live forever? Anyone? Nobody. We all know we're going to die. How are we preparing for this, guys? How do we prepare for it? Huh? Retirement, yeah, but that's, uh, that's before you die, hopefully, right? You know, but we all prepare for retirement. How much time do people spend money managing their money so they could have, you know? Talking about somebody's going to die. You retire, you start preparing then. That's how usually people think. Right, but it's it's the it, it's 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 insanity that people are so laser focused on what's going to be here, what's going to be tomorrow, you know, what's going to be in 20 years from now. When they don't think about the big picture, what's what's their, what's going to be with their soul when they're dead? All you have once you die. This is the Mishnah tells us: when someone dies, what accompanies them? Only their Torah, their mitzvot, their prayers, their good deeds. That's it. Everything else disappears. You cannot in a Jewish cemetery. You cannot be buried with your socks. If you have your favorite socks that you like, really comfortable woolly socks that you have. If you want to take them with you to keep you cozy? You can't. If you want to be buried in a Jewish cemetery, you can't. You take nothing with you. Right? Nothing that we are investing physically, we take with us. Only our spiritual. Now, this is not fun to hear. I said, this is the season to hear it. That's why, if you open up the Rosh Hashanah prayer book, you read some stuff in the prayer, and it says, "Who's going to live and who's going to die?" They say, "Rabbi, is this inspiring?" Who wants to hear about that? We're here. With, we're dressed for the holidays. We have some delicious food. Why are we talking about death? Why are we doing that? The answer is that typically we don't do that. It's not, Jews don't say, oh, you're going to die in rotten hell. It's not a Jewish thing. But this holiday is so crucial if we do not awaken from our slumber, right? we're going to lose on such an opportunity that we can only get once a year. That's why we do it. And that's why we take all measures necessary even the dramatic tools of thinking about your death. It's a tool. It's an opportunity to help us really tap into the power of the day and of the season of the atmosphere. The shofar. The shofar is a sound your soul hears and it awakens your soul. And the questions that we have to ask, the the chesed have to do, what are we living for? What's life all about? What are my priorities? What, 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 What legacy am I leaving to the world? What am I investing my time with? Things that are going to last or no? Is it possible that we're all sleeping on the wheel? Is it possible that in this grand wheel of life that everything is at stake? Our lives, our children's lives, our community's life, the entire world rests on the shoulders of the Jewish people. We are responsible for humanity. That is what it means to be a Jew. Is it possible we're all sleeping at the wheel? Is it possible that this great mission that has to happen through us Right? And we're just not, we're not paying attention to it. 
that's the lesson of the chauffeur, guys. And I, and I know it's depressing, and that was the goal. But the hope is, is that you take this, uh, this power that we're giving with the chauffeur and with the, with the themes of the holiday, and we actually do something about it. We actually take the time. We, we invest. Ron, we invest even only a half hour. A half hour of time by ourselves in seclusion with no one around <coughs> and try to think about our priorities in life. Try to think big picture. Try to imagine what's it going to be when we're dead. What do we have? And therefore try to tailor what we, what we invest our time with and our energy with to something that really will be impactful for us for all eternity. That's lesson of the chauffeur. That is the power of Rosh Hashanah. Let us seize the moment, guys. This is it. This is it. It's, it's the fourth quarter. This is the ninth inning. This is it. This is the time. Let's make the most of it. Let's have the best Rosh Hashanah experience ever. Thanks a lot for inviting me here, guys. Sorry about your, your, your grandfather in the hospital. It's very, very Crazy tough. story, huh? Yeah. Can you imagine? You weren't asleep, did you? I've actually done that, which is actually, it's extremely scary.